I don't know about you, but uh, last Christmas, of course, we weren't together at all except uh, via Zoom or uh, pre-recorded live stream. And I was so looking forward to a more regular Christmas and Christmas Eve when my good friend Omicron came to, uh, to visit uh, and, and changed uh, the map all over again. Um, I, I don't know about you, but do you ever long for a Christmas, the Christmas, there was something maybe magical in your mind in that nostalgic Christmas. You have these pictures of a, of a golden age Christmas for you when you were a child. There was something magical or mystical or bright and unexpected in Christmas. And this Christmas is maybe uh, not offering it in the same way I expected. Uh, for me, uh, I kept hoping that I would uh, catch that, I don't know, spirit, that, uh, that magical glow in the dark kind of uh, lights everywhere. And it, it has seemed to me as good as this season has been and as beautiful it has been to accept the gift that God is to us, that it hasn't had that same feel, uh, that childhood feel. And I think sometimes as adults, we long for that nostalgic Christmas. We long for that time long gone by when the magic captured us. Um, my earliest memories, as I've talked about before, uh, some of them included the fact that we didn't decorate the tree. Santa brought the tree at my house. So I would go to bed, the house would look normal. I would come downstairs and there was a decorated Christmas tree that suddenly magically had appeared from somewhere. And it was a live tree. And I don't know where it came from, except down the chimney, and we had one of those. Uh, and it was always magical. But anymore, I don't know if, if that kind of nostalgia for a baby Jesus that really makes no demands on me, asks nothing of me, is enough anymore. I want you to listen again with me to the story that Luke tells um, it's, it's perhaps one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Uh, maybe it is my favorite story in the Bible. We'll see. Uh, chapter 2, the Gospel of Luke. In those days, Caesar Augustus published a decree ordering a census of the whole Roman world. This first census took place while Quirinius was governor in Syria. All the people were instructed to go back to the towns of their birth to register. And so Joseph went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to the city of David, Bethlehem, in Judea, because Joseph was of the house and lineage of David. He went to register with Mary, his espoused wife, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to, de to deliver. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She put him in a simple cloth, 
wrapped like a receiving blanket, and laid him in a feeding trough for cattle, because there was no room for them at the inn. There were shepherds in the area living in the fields and keeping watch by turns over their flock at night. The angel of God appeared to them and the glory of Lord, Lord, the Lord shone round about them and they were very afraid. The angel said to them, you have nothing to fear. I come to proclaim good news to you, news of great joy to be shared by the whole people. Today in David's city, a savior, the Messiah has been born to you. Let this be a sign to you. You will find the infant wrapped in a simple cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with angels praising God, saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom God's favor rests. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see this event that God has made known to us. They hurried and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Once they saw this, they reported that they had been told all of this concerning the child. All who heard about it were astonished at the report given by the shepherds. Mary treasured all these things and reflected on them in her heart. The shepherds went away glorifying and praising God, for they had heard and seen just as they had been told. This is the gospel, the good news of the birth of Jesus for us. Thanks be to God. Over the last four weeks, and I'm going to summarize them, so if you didn't hear all four weeks, that's perfectly fine. Four weeks ago, we talked about the astrologers, the kings from the east, the magi, if you will, who came to see Jesus. They thought they would find him in Jerusalem because that's where kings and leaders would be found, but that's not where he was. They found him in a tiny little hamlet uh, in a small backwoods section of Judea, not Jerusalem, the capital. So sometimes we discover, as those astrologers did, that change comes upon us and asks us to change direction, to go a different way than we thought we would. We next turned to the shepherds. The shepherds had change come upon them by complete surprise. One day they woke up and the bishop made a decree that we wouldn't be having in-person worship starting that following Sunday, March 2020, if you will. And surprise, surprise, you roll with those changes that come your way because you must. Then we turn to Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph found change because the way things normally happen with a wedding celebration with lots of family didn't happen at all. And instead, Mary and Joseph had to travel far away and give birth to a child in a place they didn't expect. Uh, and then last of all, we turned to the proverbial inn, which we discovered is actually a word that doesn't mean inn at all, but guest room. And there was no room in the guest room of someone's house, probably a relative of Joseph's, and so the family probably had to make room in the main room where the family normally slept. Because mangers were actually located and you brought your cattle in to the house at night. So we talked a little bit about what that might mean. 
You know, I think we long for nostalgia because we don't do change well. Can we just be honest? I like change that I want. You know, if it's uh, you know if it's a if it's a nicer car, maybe or uh, uh, something new or delightful that I always wanted. Uh, I like that kind of change. That kind of change is welcome. But don't change the recipe of my favorite Christmas meal. Don't go to the a restaurant that I love to go to and have them change the menu so that my favorite item isn't even on there anymore. Don't change the way we do everything because we can't be safe without masks and vaccinations. Don't change those things because it makes me uncomfortable. So I long for a time that in my mind seems simpler. When we played outside until the until the lights came on in the streets at, uh, at night. And then we knew if the lights were on, we better be home, because dinner was probably getting ready. And if we weren't home for dinner, then there was a whole other kind of trouble that we were in. Uh, we, we long for those kinds of Christmases that remind us of the past, that are sort of magical. And yet, Jesus was born in a really simple setting among simple people, um, peasants, everyday folk. Jesus was born to them in the same way he's born to us, in the, in the midst of our craziness, in the midst of, for the Roman Empire at the time of Jesus' birth, a great census that meant people were displaced and all over the place. They were in the wrong place. They weren't where they normally were, where their work was, where their folks were, where they had settled. They were all over the place. Feels a lot like the way it is today. People are moving, changing. Uh, everything is in flux. So what God wants to offer us in Christmas is not so much nostalgia as the promise of presence. You see, in the Matthew story, Joseph is told in a dream that he should name the child Emmanuel, which in Hebrew means God is with us. And why would we do that? Because in the midst of the crazy changes that make us take detours, that don't live up to our expectations, that push our buttons and cause us to go in wholly different directions, to make room for each other in spaces that we weren't planning on, in the midst of all of that, the promise of God is not that we can go back to nostalgia, happy, happy, joy, joy land, but that God will never leave us. The promise of Christmas is, I'm here with you. God is with you, and with you, and with you, and with all of you, and with you, and with you, and you, and you. God is with you, and God is with me. God is with us, and all the us's, even the ones that we think of as them's. You see, God is with us all. And that's the promise of this season that is meant to carry us. So let's be less concerned that our Christmas trees look perfect and that everything looked beautiful underneath them, although they probably do if they are already done. 
Let's instead worry less about the nostalgia and remember in our hearts there is never a time that God is not with us. Never. There is no place you can go to escape from the presence of God because God is always with you. God came in person to be with us and to remind us that there's never been a time that God wasn't with us to begin with. But maybe better come in person so we could hear. You're not alone. You're not alone. Even if you're watching this online, alone. God is with you and me and us and everyone and the whole universe, everywhere, all the time. Christmas, what a powerful presence. No wonder it feels different. One of the things we do every week, so I challenge you to look for God with you in the smiles of people you love or people you don't know. Look for it in the people you see on the street. Look for God in all those places. Now, one of the things that we do every week, every time we gather, quite frankly, in most of our lives, is pray. There are a lot of things in the world, and many of them came with you on your hearts. I can't know all of those things, and uh, there are a lot of things on my heart as well. And I know that God has already heard them, and that God hears our intention and our concern. And you see, God already loves the people that we love. God's already concerned for the people we're concerned for. So we're going to take a moment to pray. I'll pray, I'll, I'll pray, we'll pray silently. I'll pray aloud for us briefly. And then the Lord's Prayer will be on the screen behind me, a version of it. Please pray the version you want to pray. The version you know, or the version on the screen, in the language that you know, or not at all. And that's all fine. But we're going to enter into a moment of silent prayer together. Let's, let's pray. God with us, you are here now in this space with us and you'll be with us wherever we are, wherever we go. You are wherever anybody is watching this and you're in places people can't see this and won't see this and won't know that you're there, but you're there always waiting for openings, for us to experience your infinite love for us. You see us as precious and you love us right as we are. You made us to be the people we are. Yeah, we struggle. We haven't got it all figured out. You know that. And you love us anyway. You walk with us. We wish we could fill our, the holes in our lives with fond memories of what is past, and yet we must live now 
And in this now, help us to trust ourselves to you and believe. Believe that you are with us. Sometimes it, it's harder to believe than others. In the midst of the struggle, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of all that's going on around us and the division, we wonder where you are. And here you are with us, wherever we are. If we open our eyes and awaken to this moment, God, help us to yearn for the right things, for peace, peace within, peace with our neighbors, peace with those that we would call enemies, peace, wholeness, healing, completeness that we find in you. Thank you for this season, for this season that reminds us the light is coming into the world, that reminds us that you loved us so much you became one of us not in the places we expect, but surprise, in a backwoods hamlet, announced to shepherds. Thanks for loving us just as we are, for seeing our preciousness even when we don't see it ourselves. Thanks for the work you've given us, the work of loving. Help us to love with an open heart, unconditionally as you do. We realize it's something we'll have to grow into, but we pray that you'd grow us into it. Help us to grow. We ask all of this in the name of the one whose birth we celebrate this night, Jesus. The same Jesus who, when he grew up, modeled for us a prayer that we pray together now, saying, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. 